Disclaimer. What you are about to hear is a lot of gibberish, strong information and off-topic ranting. You have been warned. Leo DiCaprio should play the middle Michael B. Jordan to did miss a star Her Jake Jilly used to smoke the sweet We about to talk about bullshit pictures Leo DiCaprio should play the middle Michael B. Jordan should date my star Her Jake Jilly used to smoke the sweet shots we, we about, about to, to talk, talk about bullshit Welcome to the show Your favorite actor My sometimes favorite actor <laughs> Our favorite actor Alright Back from a week hiatus this is the Leo B. Gyllenhaal, what you might call it, the podcast where we were supposed to be talking. What? Dang, I said it like we was in, uh, I can't even, past? Like we already did it? <laughs> past, yeah. present, sequel, prequel. Ugh. I don't remember that podcast. <laughs> but yeah, the podcast where we're supposed to be talking about movies, but quickly get off subject and get to talk about something else. But you can almost guarantee we're going to maybe mention the individuals who make up the name of this here john it's your boy leo archibald aka young denzel aka o'shea bretz in the third aka slim nady aka slim pickens aka i never i never know what that means aka nady irving aka robert Baumain jr <laughs> aka who else i is i always be forgetting so I skip to the end. Roll. And keep on rolling. Holy man. Featuring special guest, Nate Ewan. Hmm. Uh, Joaquin Pennysworth, a.k.a. Pusha K, a.k.a. Kai Dollar Signs, a.k.a. Kayanya, Fix My Life, Van Zant, Kai Glizzy, Knife Guy, Lil Mef Doom, Kai to five nine three fourths. Even though I'm six foot, one third of the Lucas triplets, Fossil Man, the Fitbit Messiah, Chevy K, Terry Hightower, Course Kojo, Glock Osweiler, Kayanya Taylor Joy. They also call me Chadwick Flossman. Do they? And. <clears throat> Sweet lady, mm, would you, you be my sweet love for a lifetime? I'll be there when you need me. Just call and receive me. Tyrese. Shout out to Tyrese for getting married to, uh, as the internet called her, a non-black lady. <laughs> Dang, black tie. I mean, she is black, but they saw her light skin, and they uh, was like, <laughs> she ain't black. <laughs> they went all the I way. mean, if she's standing next to Tyrese, <laughs> I say, yeah, she's going to look white. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so before we get into this episode that we are going to be doing, I was about to say, the episode that we're going to be doing on this episode, <laughs> uh, what movies have you seen since the past episode that you can remember? Alright. Let me pull out my fimments while you're doing this. <laughs> Alright, so. I've uh, been watching this movie for 
probably two weeks because it's not a type of movie you can just sit down and Max, watch in one sitting. Max still. Max still. <laughs> you finished it finally? Yep. So and I took notes. The only movie I took notes on because I was like, every time I see something, I'm like this got to be put somewhere. <laughs> it's whack. So, <clears throat> of course, uh, the things I mentioned on whatever episode it was when I first started watching it uh, happened, like how the title sequence was showed, uh, and or before the title sequence was showed, he already started having powers. Um, they quickly set up. Um, the love interest by him being in the street riding on his bike and getting hit by her car and then they set up his nerdy buddy of course well I thought they were setting up his nerdy buddy cause okay. this dude he randomly uh picks helps pick up his book cause he got knocked out of his hand never appears in the movie again <laughs> and then I looked down for a second looked up he was riding in the car with his love interest he had just, like, met her. Like, of course, they go to the same school, but I'm very confused by that. He moved fast. Uh-huh. And then they kept showing, like, this underwater creature, which obviously was the little Max Steel thing. And then there was a group of scientists working on it. The little robot escaped, and they had a crew of armed gunmen <laughs> and SWAT teams <laughs> trying to stop this one little robot. Nuts. And then, but this this was one fast, slow-paced movie. It's very hard to explain. It was very predictable. The villain setup was predictable, and I hated how he reacted to getting his, uh, Max reacted to getting his powers 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> um, he was scared. He immediately went to, this is when he had his powers, Immediately went to the cliche cliche hero testing out their powers uh, yeah, thing. Uh huh. And then <laughs> that is how this literally just a guess. Then also, I don't <laughs> think they explain why he had powers, well, which very disturbing. And this was all before the suit and the robot, so he hadn't even had the suit on or met the robot, and he had these powers where he's doing karate moves and flips and stuff. But he could control metal. <laughs> I don't like that. Then, the love interest likes him immediately. Uh, it was none of that, will she, won't she. Merely liked him. They got time to be to get into the action. About 25 minutes in the movie, they were on a date. He wasn't even a hero or anything up to this point. So, he could get girls just on his yeah, own. Yeah, cool. He's <laughs> Maxwell. When he got his powers and they were doing the signature fight montage. And, oh, this, oh, yeah, this is what really got me. He punched a wall through it. It, it threw me off because one of the jokes was he was about to say the F word. In this PD movie? This is a family film. What is this movie rated? Is it rated PD? It was. Uh, I ain't looking it I up. I think either. it might have been PD-13 because of something that happened at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh. I thought this was a family movie, and so I had to rewind it. And he said the F U, like the F U without the C K on it. That was crazy. It was out of nowhere. There was no other sort of cuss words in the movie. So you like, can't do that when the movie ain't got no cussing in it. Yeah, that was very bothersome. And then uh, the reasoning for him to be able to just pop the suit on was weak. But it was kind of entertaining watching it. But there was some very 
cringeworthy humor <laughs> that was said. And this, a joke was made about needing to come up with a kid-friendly name for a bike because it's a toy, which is in reference to the original Max Steel action figures. But an hour into this movie, it was wrapping up. No action happened. Ooh. I was getting concerned. <laughs> he was only running from people and trying to that were trying to capture him. And the still rope, <coughs> the like still robot them. dude. He could have kicked at least one of them. He was running. Yeah, he put them kung fu skills to use. He hadn't saved anybody. The biggest action scene up to that point was him running from a tornado. And then the then when I was watching it because they had set up who I thought to be was the villain, but he wasn't really in the movie much. And then I see this big like this big sand wind monster comes into the movie, and I'm like, uh oh. This is the villain because it was perfect. It was an hour into the movie. It was a big monster. I'm like, here's what's gonna happen. Well, anyways, that's just some foreshadowing to what I got in my notes going forward. His love interest was involved in this for no reason. She didn't get kidnapped. Nope. She yeah. was in. T- there was no like. Why was she so stressed about what he was going through? I just met. Him? Nope. Then why are you there? <laughs> he can be single. Dang. She barely knew him, and she was down for all this crazy stuff. The stakes were high for no reason. The and this this who was oh the actor uh, I don't even know what his name was that played Max. I think he went to the Haley Bennett School. Uh, I right, but there's a better version of you. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I feel that they would like. The mom's love interest was played by Andy Garcia. He ended up being the main villain. That's a twist because I thought it was somebody else earlier. Max was able to see the robot's past. Uh, The way his dad died was nuts for no reason. It was definitely trying to be a superhero movie. His name is Max McGrath. Mm Mm-hmm. That's an awful name. Now, try to picture this in your head. Andy Garcia... Got a suit as well. Uh, older man. For a good old fashioned superhero showdown. Uh, and they kind of look like the new Power Ranger. Uh, then it came out at that moment that his dad was an alien. And that he was a half-breed. This was something said, but nothing that they like kept up with. Andy Garcia literally looked like Rita Repulsa in the new Power Rangers. And <laughs> That's then, embarrassing. They were fighting, and they, uh, the bad guy's getting the best of him, and Max did some sort of superpower thing, but still that made him stronger than ever. The showdown felt a little off because he hadn't fought in the suit up to that. He was doing twirls and karate kicks. <laughs> twirls. <laughs> <laughs> then they started to do things just to get the story to point A to point B. Uh, he was trying to get away from the dude, and I'm like, what are we going to do? And then he was like, stealth mode. And went invisible. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, this is a family movie. Besides that little F word fiasco, <laughs> the bad guy took a had a little sword thing on his arm. Got the stabbing people. People was flung <laughs> out. He killed people in this movie. And then when they was fighting, of course, man, I need like some sort of upper advantage. So he went turbo. <laughs> All of these sound like so generic. He grabbed on them. Superheroes. They exploded. The screen went to white, and <clears throat> so if you see them explode and the screen go to white, what do you expect to happen? I expect the movie to be over because I'm sick of it. Well, what happened was they cut to him. 
He was laying there, shirt all ripped up. Oh, of course. Keep yeah. in mind, he was in a suit. The other dude was in a suit. They exploded. <laughs> and he was just in there, shirt ripped up, looking like he was in Yeezy Season 5. But, I want to take you to bed. <laughs> this part, when uh, he had thought, like, still was dead. He was so unenthusiastic. Wait. When they exploded. The villain's name was Still? Nah, the uh, little robot thing. Uh, the villain's name was like some regular person's name. I was just making sure. And then it was jarring how bad he acted in this in this part. He was just like, "Still, you can't be gone. Come on, you gotta stick with me." I got that Luke Cage or Mike Coulter style. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> well, yeah, the movie was basically about Max learning about his dead dad. <laughs> oh, but at the end, he went back to the mediocre love interest and gave her a picture he drew. That was his apology. Here's a picture I drew. For one, what? she was just at her house. Not like I don't know what she was frustrated. You just met this dude. What did he apologize for? If, I would have got that picture. I'm like, if you don't get your sketch artist self off my porch. <laughs> and then after that scene, it ended with him flying through the air. He didn't do that in the movie. It wasn't referenced. But he flew through the air. So that was Max still. <laughs> I looked at that. Leaned back in my chair. I don't want to. He was flying. Why was he flying? He could have utilized that in other parts of the movie. Like escaping the tornado. Fighting oh, that dude. It looks cool to run away from tornado. Dang. Dang. Alright, so after that, I finally seen Hidden Figures. For the I first, thought you were going to play I finally seen Lego Batman. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> I'm going backwards. I'm just trying to finish up them Oscar movies. That sounds hilarious. I finally seen Hidden Figures. Uh-huh. <laughs> the only one I got left is like Hacksaw Ridge, but I don't really <laughs> feel like watching that. But Hidden Figures was good. I of course liked all the Pharrell music being played. But it was just a solid black woman superhero movie. Fictional. Yeah. Superhero movie. And then. I watched, because it was randomly on TV, flicking channels with the new cable, Batman Killing Joke. Ooh. <laughs> it was uh, definitely interesting. Oh, I think I even came to a conclusion. I don't like that movie. Yeah, it was definitely a little <laughs> juice to it. I know it wasn't in the graphic novel. <clears throat> it felt like it was missing something. And I did not, like at the end. Where Batman and Joker was laughing together as if Joker didn't commit some of the most <laughs> heinous crimes. <laughs> and the joke wasn't funny that Batman started laughing at. Isn't that in the graphic novel, though? Yes, but seeing it come to yeah, fruition that, with the voice. I've never seen, like, usually you can, like, have your opinion if this will translate to screen. That graphic novel really does not translate nope. to screen that at all. They could have made it a little short. And something about the way the Joker character was wasn't as... It wasn't as dark as I wanted it to be, even though it was dark. I didn't like how he became the Joker. The origin story was trash. Yeah. See, I didn't read the graphic novel. I was over the assumption that what they were showing in the first half of the movie was somebody turning into the Joker. Uh-huh. Not just a frivolous, thrown or thrown together villain that will never show up in the movie again. Yeah, I don't like that. On top of all the weird intercourse that uh, Batgirl and uh, Very weird. Batman were having. <laughs> and she went ahead, got shot. Raped, wheelchair bound, <laughs> and Batman also treated her like she was uh-huh. <laughs> like a second citizen. 
He was talking so reckless to her. <laughs> like, I ain't know Batman treats females like this. <laughs> this is disrespectful. And then I saw a great movie by the name of Get Out. I was, we can go into more detail later, everyone, but that was a, a real enjoyable movie. I liked Lakeith, uh, whatever, Lakeith. Stanfield. Dang, I could not think of his last name. Save my life from Atlanta and Death Note, as well as Snoop Dogg. <laughs> he you was, little, <laughs> little Snoop Dogg. You all know. He was funny at the beginning with him doing signature things that yeah, black people life. black people would yell at the screen. <laughs> uh, car pulled up on him. Like, nope. He said, not today. <laughs> Turned around. Uh, and I like that Lil Rel Howery should be nominated for an Oscar with the performance he put on as the best friend. <laughs> he was very funny in that movie. I liked all the little twists and turns, the things you don't expect. Um... Uh, Catherine Keener looked like she may have got a little heftier. <coughs> the mom. What was she on? Cause I, I remember she I, was the love interest in 40-year-old version. <laughs> I, say, cause I was watching, I was like, her face is very familiar, but I couldn't figure out what movie she was. Uh, she whitened it out a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, granted, it was 10 years, 10, 12 years ago. I don't but. care. She looked like she was that girl's mother. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a, a little sad to hear. <laughs> Yikes! Well, yeah, that was a great movie. Uh, all the symbolism in it, with the little police brutality thing, where they had the white woman uh, telling the police officer off, but uh, what's his name would just be re- ready to give him his ID mm-hmm. uh, at the end, where you would think. Uh-oh, here comes the police. In my head, I'm like, they about to murder him. I was hoping. And then, <laughs> but then it was Lil' Rel. They really should have ended that movie with him. That's how I would have ended it. They said the original, I can't remember what they said the original ending was. But yeah, that was a great movie. Don't feel like going to detail since I went so long on Max Still. So we'll <laughs> move on to another great movie I saw. Logan. The Speaking of great performances... That little girl, Daphne Keene, or whatever her name is, mm-hmm. she put on a great performance mm-hmm. for that to be her second thing she's done. She was talking in Spanish. She wasn't talking at all. Mm-hmm. She was able to portray the anger that X-23 would have. She stood her own next to Hugh Jackman and Sir Patrick Stewart, who also was very good playing a senile, going crazy old man. Well, even though, it, yeah, that really, really bothered me. <laughs> I, <don't like> that. <laughs> I did not like him cussing. Like every all the other cussing worked. Yeah, Hugh Jackman was normal. I felt like he should have been cussing in all these movies. Patrick Stewart's cussing. And he, when he first came in the movie, he was doing it like crazy. That was weird. I'm like, I'm gonna cut this out. I'm I'm, it made me have to think back, like. Was he even like silly in these other no, movies? Oh, t- to me, he was stern. That's why this is a standalone film. <laughs> Definitely, uh, it has comic books of them in there and was, great action figures. That was very bothersome. <laughs> but yeah, this this was a great movie. Uh, the vi- the fights and violence was nice. Seeing for one, people were very sad, crying, and what may have you when uh, uh, Professor X got killed. Yeah, I'm saying spoiler, so if you haven't seen... <laughs> yeah, uh, what should have been uh, assumed ain't really... Mm-hmm, because they're man. retiring, so you might as well... Yeah, it's It was like, let's blow this up. When I saw it was R, 
the old man Logan. Uh huh. Got dark tone, and he said he wasn't doing it no more. We all knew dying. it was about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Saw how uh, bad our Odie was getting. He was losing his powers. A little slower to his fights. His life looked like it stunk. <laughs> so <laughs> it was time to wrap up. And so he was fighting against himself. Yeah, that dude, that dude. Did they use some uh, computer CGI on that or something? Make him look a little. I y'all just didn't have to give him the grace. Yeah. He looks young in real life still, so you could have just used him. Yeah, so they had him and he eventually murked him. But yeah, X23 was great. It ended with them having a cross on the ground. I'm turning on the side so it can be X. Yeah. Also, the Deadpool a little short before that was very funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that. Then I saw one more. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this movie. It's called Before I Fall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with uh, Zoe Dusch. Yep. Based on a book. I actually want to see this movie kind of because I saw the Rotten Tomato score is a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. So should I go see this movie? That's probably right where it belongs at 68% or whatever it was. Okay, that's good. I was expecting a trash 20 Now, when this movie started, it was going to be terrible. <laughs> it set the tone for a horrible movie. I was prepared. The arms was going into the folk. I don't like this movie. I was about to be angered by the loss of money. <laughs> It was cringeworthy moment after cringeworthy moment. Bad acting. Uh, the movie seemed strictly st- for young Caucasian yeah. girls. Uh, but then it started to pick up. And then it turned out all right. Well, the, I, still, I don't like the little, not the movie Mean Girls, but the little Mean Girl type characters. Uh, young Caucasian girls. The... I don't really uh, get their humor or uh, what the things they enjoy and stuff. <laughs> so it's very bothersome. The the not the nerd, but the outcast girl. She was very like autisticy. Her hair was disgusting. You would have thought watching this because the basically what happened in the movie. She relives the same day over and over again. So I thought, maybe she got that because she was cursed by this witch-looking little girl. Nah, she just looked filthy with crazy hair. Like, no wonder he was getting bullied. Don't know why she lit. I can't remember because Khalees, she read the book. That's the reason why we saw this movie. I don't remember why she told me this kept happening to her over and over again. But they it don't all- resolve it in the movie? I, I think they did, but I can't remember for the life that's of what me. That's what I'm worried about with the reason... For one, if they ever dare in the movie, which she just continues to live the same day over and over again, I will walk out in disgust. Oh, yeah, they show, they keep showing it over and over again, and she changes it up. One of them, she was disrespectful to her parents on purpose. This uh, is Groundhog's Day for a little girl. <laughs> but, because uh, what happens before she starts living the same day is they go home in the car, and they hit something, and she dies. <coughs> and then she wakes up, they start again. She's trying to figure out how she dies. I'm about to just... Oh, goops. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> well, you know, I'm excited. Whatever it is, ain't going to be worth not being spoiled anyway. Yeah, but something happens where they connect it, and then you, you ultimately see how she died. It wasn't... It was... It ended up being the last day she lived. That was what the first day was that she didn't know. But yeah, the movie turned out all right. It, 
it's worth the watch once you get past the pain. The pain. The actual day in I the original day in question. At something in this movie. They were all in their car. Doing a song came on. Doing a snake. <laughs> I don't like that. That ain't for me. Certain movies where there ain't nobody in the movie you can relate to. That really throws you off. Because there wasn't a. The only black dude in this movie had his back turned to the camera. <laughs> For the back of his head, and he said like one word, word to one of the girls in the movie. Probably said some corny line to him. What did he? Oh, I wish I could because it was corny. Dang, what was it? Oh, I remember. He just said like say the magic word. I don't like that. And then that off camera and gross. never back again. He wasn't was, a character, so it don't matter. But I'm just saying there was no African-Americans. That or, sounds disgusting. There was an Asian-looking girl in it that was part of the little four-girl crew. But yeah, that's all the movies I saw. Now that I've been blabbing on for uh, I'm just 20 sitting, minutes. I'm just sitting here watching Goran Jardik slice through this Cavalier <laughs> defense like it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. They smacked us without our stars yeah. the other day, and they're about to smack us again with our <laughs> stars. Andrew Bogan and his injury came in and just destroyed our momentum. Let me see if I can find this other video for later of, uh, where is this at? <laughs> Ventis. Mark Sinclair. It's it's an old interview. Oh, my. I ain't no, no wonder Gordon Jarvis like 85 overall and 2K right now. <laughs> I'm still... Something Vin Diesel says in this cracks me up. Alright, well, myself, I watched a few flicks. First up was, uh, watch, what is it, The Great Wall? Great Wall, whatever it is. I forget Vin Diesel's comedian. Uh. Slash superhuman slash Terminator, question mark. Uh, oh yeah, so I watched The Great Wall. I didn't watch it in 3D, but watching the movie, this movie probably be one of the few movies that'll be cool in 3D, because uh, whoever directed this movie, that famous Asian director, he seemed like he's all down <laughs> for the, the stuff popping out of the screen and, you know, meant to entertain aspect of the movie, so I'm assuming that'll be sweet. Um, now moving on to Matt Damon. He phoned this performance in big time. I, I mean, I'm not the, I'm not necessarily my Damon fan, but I can admit he can act. And this is where he said, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to do the action scenes and keep it pushing. So, yeah, he was pretty trash. But the movie itself was actually entertaining for the most part, I guess. Like, the battle scenes were, were enjoyable. Uh, it had a lot of action in it. So, it was an entertaining watch. It wasn't super long. Would I ever, like, go back to watch this movie again? Probably not. But if somebody said they want to, like, watch this flick, I'm like, all right, I'll watch it with you. There are some uh, serious uh, plot points that were throwing me off just because I didn't see the big hubbub. Like, this this uh, uh, this weapon that they were after, after, I didn't see what the big hubbub for this um, this weapon was. And when they showed it to use, it didn't seem like nothing too great. But the plot was still kind of simple. Uh, 
was the plot was still simple even with that said so that made some of those more points forgivable because it's not like they were asking you to follow this strenuous ridiculous plot and add things inside the plot that didn't make any sense but like i said it's it's an entertaining movie but it's just not anything memorable Next up, continuing my Blu-ray marathon, I watched Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. Uh, if you if you know at the about Anchor or Anchorman 2, the Blu-ray comes with the regular version, the unrated version, and then the R-rated version that's got like 20 minutes tacked uh-huh. onto it, which <laughs> makes the movie almost two and a half hours yeah. with all new jokes and it's rated R. So I decided, you know, I only seen Anchorman 2 once and I was at the movies. So I was like, all right, this is my first time unwrapping this Blu-ray, so I'm going to watch the R-rated version first. I mean, I don't think this that version was as good as the theoretical version for the simple fact that they took out the scene. Yeah, they did. I, that was weird. That was mind-boggling. The scene where they're in the van and all shenanigans happens because uh, Ron Burgundy puts the van on cruise control, not knowing that that doesn't mean the car is going to steer itself. So a bunch of spider or spiders <laughs> and fry or what is it frying oil or whatever just starts dis or you know um, hitting the gang and whatnot. They took that scene out. They show like a quick clip of it, but the extensive scene is in the regular version, and that kind of disappointed me. The That's end is a very little different, weird. but overall the movie is still very funny. There's a the hilarious scene where they talk about smoking crack on live TV. It's still <laughs> hilarious. There's some unnecessary plot points, but you get those with comedies. Um, the epic brawl at the end has a lot more star power than the first one, but it just seems like a swing and a miss at a classic scene from uh, the original that made that first one so funny. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's what you expect from Anchorman. It's just hard to compare this one to the original theoretical version when I went years in between <laughs> seeing them. So I, I laughed plenty of times, but it's nowhere near as hilarious, classic, or groundbreaking as Anchorman, the first one was. Moving on to the next movie, I as well saw Get Out. Thought this movie was a great movie. Who would have knew? Jordan Pill. You're talented. Would be the architect of this terrifying race horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I already know, for one, they're going to be asking him to make movies. Oh, yeah. And then people going to copy off him. Of course, he already said uh, he got this other movie that he's uh, he wants to make next. So he know there's going to be a bunch of studios trying to get the rights to that if he already didn't sign a deal with Bloomhouse. Um... But yeah, this movie was just dope. Just from like like you said, the different uh, imagery and the imagery and like what it meant, and just piecing that together with the story and the plot and all the fine, minute details he added. Let you notice going back and seeing what other people uh, were able to see and point out for you. I thought that was dope, and that made me enjoy the movie a lot more. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a slow watch, but it was an it was a good slow burn. Yeah, cause they, even when it was even slow, they had enough like little jokes and stuff in there. Yeah, and I like how keep going. Chris was aware of his surroundings. He wasn't like these naive people yeah. in horror movies. He was always on the edge. Like something don't seem right. I just I ain't got enough evidence to firmly plant my finger on this. But 
he always knew something was up. That was dope. Um, there was a little scene in the movie that was just random. I was wondering how he got that cotton in his ears based off of how <laughs> he was strapped to that chair. I'm like, I'll let that go, but I'm really trying to figure out how he got the cotton in his ears because it don't seem like that should have worked out. But that symbolism also was dope. He had to pick cotton to become free. Uh-huh. To free himself. That was sweet. Um, like you said, little, what was his name? Little Rail? Little Henry Rail? Yeah, Little Rail Howard. <laughs> he was funny. Um, the ending, like, I wasn't expecting that very violent ending. Uh-huh. Just off of everything was just, you know, Oh, what's going? What's going on? What's going on? And then, bam! When it all when it uh, finally unfolds, it's super violent. Chris turned into like a Terminator of some sort. <laughs> he was unstoppable. And then he took. It's like he was taking some pride or some joy in killing all those people. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yep. So that was a nice little fun ending. Um, what else? Yeah, just the. I really enjoy like the psychology part of it and how it, how, like you could argue that this is not a horror movie, but then you can argue like. It is psychologically when you think about it, just it's like scary how like black culture and you know how white people like to steal from it, uh-huh. and you know want everything, um, want a lot of stuff that black people use, but not actually want to be black people. But in this movie, they will go as far as even being black people yep. to get what they want. Um, yeah, in the movie, it startled people when uh, she was like, uh, "Grandma, get him." At that part. Oh, yeah. Because people were like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so just stuff, little things like that. It was just it was just a great movie. Just was hearing like how, like, you know, if you go back and watch the movie a second time after seeing all the, all the details and how he basically was, how all the details that show you what the movie is actually about is just great. Yeah, like, I you want to see it again. You wonder why this black dude is just randomly running at you in the middle of the night and you understand why after the more pieces of the the story unfold. At the very end, it's hilarious where she types in top uh, college That prospects. was classic. <laughs> that was funny. That's <laughs> that some Key and Pill stuff. That was hilarious. Then you look at like the fact that she was drinking like white milk out of a black straw, mm-hmm. just playing on the whole black and white thing, and the fact that Chris only took white and black pictures or black and white pictures, just stuff like that is cool. I was thinking in the movie, the movie would have been even better. Not to say that David, David Kaluuya, Kaluuya, mm-hmm. whatever his name Michael is, B. huh? What were you about to say? <laughs> all I heard was Michael Ben. He's been on such a losing streak lately. I, my ears perk up like I get all worried. Like, what has he done now? <laughs> but uh, not that he wasn't good in the movie because he was good in the movie. Him and his English accent that he put on. Yeah, that's. <laughs> he sounds like that. Cracks me up. Foreigners. They, they sound are, come in, take um, our jobs. They sound better than Americans do. He, he truly sounded American. But uh, he did a great job, but they should have got an athlete to do this movie. <laughs> like, I ain't going to say like a LeBron or something. Something like that. Just, For uh, some reason, LeBron seems very old to be playing. Is old. <laughs> More like a, say like a D'Angelo Russell, that nah, kind. Nobody light-skinned can play this movie. He got to be a darker-skinned fella. Blue all dang. Nah, he too old. <laughs> More like a, a Ben Gordon. And Gordon's around the same age. I don't age. care. <laughs> he could act in this movie. And he would kill it. All right, so what NBA players? Because you have to get a dark person to really intensify the fact that he's yes, black. Light-skinned people are debatable. 
Who's a dark young boy? Like a, he could be a football. It just got to be some sort of athlete. Like who's a dark? And he gotta look. He can't look too athlete-y, but he gotta look like an athlete. He gotta look almost like a generic athlete. Yeah. Like a bald, dark brother. I can't think of six feet. What are you? Are you describing your type? I don't know. What ah, I'm just saying. Oh I'm man, just, that's very. I'm just saying a generic. generic I don't know. Athlete. But uh, so yeah, I can't really think of like a young. Yeah, I don't know. Young, but I think it was that have been dope because that had just been. Um, it was back in the day, Darius and Miles. Yeah, back when he was starting the perfect score or whatever, or perfect Sam or whatever. But that had just been like another hint at what the storyline could have been. It was about them stealing the scores for a test. SATs. That movie sounds so bad. He was playing a high schooler. That sounds so trash. Darius, Darius Miles was really going to be that thing. And? He wasn't. He fell off. But yeah, so, yeah, that's just idea. But yeah, Get Out was a great movie. It's hard to like pinpoint it with these other great movies that have come out this year. It definitely would benefit from a second watch just so you can go, like you know what the end point is going to be and you can... Start paying attention to other things that you might have read about, but it's definitely a dope movie. Shout out to that racist fella who decided he wanted to be a killjoy and ruin it's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I don't like him, but uh, no, just definitely a great movie. Now moving on to a not great movie, <laughs> a film by the name of A Cure for Wellness, starring Dane DeHaan and Uh-oh. Shia LaBeouf's wife. <laughs> Who in the film? I don't even care about spoiling details for this yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't care. In the film, she looks like she's like a young twenty something, maybe even younger, but really she's like a hundred some years old. But anyways, let me just tell you why this movie is trash. It's way <laughs> too long. It's about two and a half hours. Oh, a little under two and a half hours. You have no clue what you're watching. I left the theater. I had no clue what the plot was. I just knew there was ills. There was this water. There was this medicine. Dane DeHaan was cheesing at the end, and he was in like a little water that tank. That creepy. A cheesing Dane DeHaan. It, it, the way the movie is, literally with him cheesing at the screen very <laughs> crazily. So I was I was very confused. And when it first started, I was like, oh, we about to get a generic knockoff Shutter Island. And then it was like, nope, we're not going to go that route when it comes. <laughs> we're going to do the type of, uh, we're in the mood for some incest. <laughs> um... Yeah, I had to had to immediately go to work the next day and watch explanation videos for this. <laughs> and <Go to> work. <laughs> I watch this when I get to work. <laughs> and I got and it made me understand what the movie was trying to say. Then it it even pointed out further how poorly this movie executed it. 
there was way too much to explain. Like, there was so many layers to this story. It's not even worth explaining. <laughs> I was just not pleased at all how it turned out. This movie was trash. Dane DeHaan wasn't even putting on a good performance in this movie. It's like, he's a certain type of actor. <laughs> and this is a certain type of movie he shouldn't do. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even really want to explain this. Like, because it was, it was just bad. I just didn't like it. Go see it if you want to waste your time. <laughs> Next up, I watched Logan as well. Or I'll say I partly watched Logan because I ran into this myself. It was... I wanted to see the movie. I didn't want to wait till the next day. I knew I was going to fall asleep. <laughs> Saw this movie at like 10 plus o'clock. I was like, oh, I know I'm falling asleep. A movie that don't end till after midnight? Yeah, it's <laughs> curtains uh-huh, for me. That's guaranteed. Because I can't stay up past midnight anymore without dozing <laughs> off a little bit. So what did I do? Of course I fell asleep. But I fell asleep on bits and pieces. I, I would see a scene. I would fall asleep on a piece of it. But I knew what the scene was about. So from Jump Street... You instantly know that the movie is rated R because it starts out on a violent note, and uh-huh. Hugh Jackman has a sc- blur out a swear instantly. <laughs> but I thought that was dope because this is how Wolverine should have been depicted in a movie a long time ago because he really is that crazy and violent. So I was glad to see him putting his, uh, as I used to call him back in the day, rings. We got some really big rings. <laughs> putting them bad boys through people's skulls, cutting off hands. That was dope. Um, like you said, Daphne King, she did a great job in the movie, especially when she wasn't talking for about the first three-fourths of the flick. Mm-hmm. Just her uh, movements and body language and emotion, it was just great. I read this article today, which had a couple of uh, disturbing things on it, but they said uh, <laughs> they ranked like the top 50 performances in the superhero movies, and she already came in at number 17. Thank you. But who was number mm-hmm. one? Not Heath Ledger. He was number two. Number one. Let me see. It, my my mind was, oh, yeah, it was Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and it didn't say what movie. It just said for him just playing Wolverine of all these years. So, like, for one, that's not fair. He's played yeah, it nine he, times. Uh-huh. Some of his bad of, movies. Over a span of, like, 17 yeah. years. <laughs> so, Dang, he spent the majority... Close to nearly half his life. I can see why he's stopping. I just wish he didn't stop at nine. Ten is a better number. But um, uh, zooming past some stuff to the end, I feel the villain. Spoiler alert! I feel the villains in the end died a little too easy. (laughs) Like the like, I mean, I know like the doctor, he wasn't going to be like a threat or nothing, but he was taken out so fast. Uh Oda hand, he was taken (laughs) out real easy by those kids. And then X twenty four, his battle with Logan wasn't as um like climactic as it could have been probably because they already battled earlier in the movie and there and logan was already worn down but i feel like he was done away with real easy and speaking of those kids they needed them in the movie a lot earlier because they was getting things done Uh when (laughs) that wasn't getting done in the movie they all put that hand over (laughs) yeah it was uh it was working pretty well as a team so Everybody's talking about X-23 needs to get her own spinoff. I don't know that about that per se. I'm a little nervous about but if I'm you a little nervous about her even coming back unless yeah. her role is. Oh, yeah. Don't put her in a regular X-Men movie where it'll be PG-13. She don't fit. She's a gritty. For one, she acts better than the majority <laughs> of the actors that you would see. She the don't. Ty Sheridans of the world and... 
uh, Cody McKeevy, whatever his name is, Smith. Weird fella. Uh, yeah, he's a odd looking dude. He can, I can picture him continuing his career playing lizards and <laughs> <laughs> different he, reptiles. He definitely might have a role in Avatar 3, 4, he's 5, 6. Perfect. Without any, <laughs> any CGI going yeah, on. Dip his face with some blue. <laughs> <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> Weird looking fella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, speaking of the action sequences, the movie was action packed. It had great action throughout. Like this is the type of action that you would like to see in movies that are more, you know, lower budget and grounded and don't need a bunch of buildings toppling over and aliens coming down. They made it fit for exactly what the movie was. It made sense. Like seeing like the storyline of the movie because if it was about him getting old and stuff, but then they did this typical type of action stuff yeah, that he was, was disturbing. He, was a, he finds his way to the city uh-huh. and he's riding his motorcycle of buildings <laughs> and <laughs> they're just him and X twenty four jumping from building to building like yeah. they General Zod and Superman. I mean, cause <laughs> that would have looked crazy because you already seen them try to do something like that for. X Men Origins Wolverine I was with what? him and other person. I can't even remember who else was fighting Deadpool with him. Sabretooth. Uh, that oh yeah, that was Sabretooth. Yeah, uh, uh, a good actor by the name of Liev. Last name. <laughs> <laughs> but watching like, of course, the typical videos where they point out all the flaws in those movies. Watching one of, uh, watching one of those for X Men Origins Wolverine is huh. Oh yeah, because they just. <laughs> You don't realize how ridiculous that movie is until... Yeah, that movie was jacked up. Like, you know, just, of course, how Deadpool shot a Cyclops type of lasers out of his eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that character was jacked up, and Ryan Reynolds agreed to it. I've I was, In that video I was watching, they said Ryan Reynolds didn't even play him in, when he was turning to... Oh, yeah, it yeah, was uh, um that one dude that played... I want to say he played Darth Maul. I didn't know that. <laughs> so that makes me not or Ryan Reynolds really shouldn't take that much of He's the like, blame. That wasn't me. Yeah, I he, played Wade Wilson, yeah, <laughs> and he played him fine. Uh-huh. But yeah, he so he shouldn't take the take a bunch of the burden for that shenanigans. But yeah, the action was great. A lot of the best scenes were early on, like I said, because the last scene wasn't uh, as great as previous scenes in the movie. But hey, it is what it is. Um, it's sad to see that this is the end of an era, as we spoiled earlier. Mm-hmm. But you know, all good things gotta come come to an end. I just hope they replace Hugh Jackman with a worthy worthy Wolverine replacement or whatever. And it's gonna be interesting to see how these X Men movies are going to uh, move along without a one Wolverine. There's literally Hugh no Jackman. organization to them right now. They're making yeah. TV shows. They put throwing together a movie. I don't like that there is a New Mutants, which chronicles. New Mutants. And then there's the next X-Men movie, which chronicles the new X-Men characters. Very, very (laughs) confused. (laughs) Y'all already got the real confusing storyline to the point that James Mangold, or whatever his name is, said, I am going to make a movie that I'm just going to say is in the franchise. It's very understandable. (laughs) Can't blame that man. I am not appealing to anything y'all have said. (laughs) Technically, this movie takes place a few years after... The last scene in X Men: Days of Future's Past, so things mm-hmm. done got real bad in those few years. Yeah, and he was like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing that. <coughs> he was probably, he probably started off like, 
all right, I'll make one that fit in with this, but I'll still do the old man Logan storyline. And then when he saw, try to piece together these uh, years and different yeah. stories and characters, he's like, Forget nope. <laughs> I'm still mad, though, that they had a comic book and a Wolverine reaction figure in there. I don't get... Oh, uh, yeah, I don't like that. But, um... But lastly, I mean, we already touched on the fact that uh, Xavier saying the F word all those amount of times was very weird. And um, lastly, I just thought it was a great send-off for the best X-Men character we've seen on screen. And Mm -hmm. he's iconic now thanks to the great performances Hugh Jackman has put in the good and not-so-good movies. (laughs) And this was just, it was great to see this Wolverine franchise end on off such a high note because you had the trashy origin story or origin movie. Then you had The Wolverine, which I thought was good, but it's going to be hard to go back and watch it after watching this movie because seeing a calm down Wolverine violence is going to be not something I'm really into. They made a perfect Wolverine movie last. They finally got it. There needs to be a discussion about how movies, like when people groan about the fact that they're making all these sequels, there's a lot of sequels and threequels lately have been better than the previous entries in movies. Luckily, this one... Yeah, you mean- all the all the Wolverine movies are kind of standalone Wolverine movies, not purposely. <laughs> They're just like eh, it is what it is. Uh, so that was great. Then moving on, I watched this movie by the name of Allied. It was trash. I don't want to talk about it. Next, <laughs> when you watch, you start watching a movie and they speak. No English for a while, and yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no, um, what's the, there's no words, subtitles. yeah, there's no subtitles. I lose interest when the movie just doesn't scream <laughs> of interesting. That's when you lose focus, and even yeah. though you're looking at the screen, you're not paying attention to what you're watching. <laughs> um, next up, continue my Blueberry Marathon. Watch The Place Beyond the Pines, starring, or as it looks like, or as it is billed, is Ryan Gosling. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Eva Mendes but if you ask me Ryan Gosling is a supporting character in this movie because he dies <laughs> uh-huh. very fast in the flick this movie okay they just put the stamp on this game y'all suck but uh, this is a great movie basically because Ryan Gosling puts on a great performance in the f- the first half or the first third of the movie gets the movie going on to a great start I'm getting real distracted by Dion Waiters talking mad trash to the, <laughs> the Cavs fans. But, um, yeah, he starts it off with a great foot. And I like how the the structure of the story is, which, you know, he gets killed and then it moves on to Bradley Cooper's story and then into the, the kid's story at the end. Wow. Each, um, each story after Ryan Gosling is subpar, but they're entertaining <laughs> enough to where the start, the great start that he got off of is able to keep up or keep the quality of the movie high. The person, I believe his name is Emery Cohen, who plays Bradley Cooper's son as a teenager at the end of the movie. Oh, his yeah, character's yeah. name is AJ. <laughs> I hate him. His accent and his performance in that movie is so awful to me, mainly because the accent is so annoying. Yeah. I don't know how he speaks in real life, but he did a terrible job with that <laughs> accent. It's all in all, it's a great story. The director and the screenwriter did a great job how how they formatted the story and was able to make a solid, uh, great movie without Ryan Gosling being in it for more than yeah. uh, more than half or being in it less than half the movie. That was a good movie. 
And then finally, the last movie I watched, continuing my Blu-ray marathon, was Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, even after seeing this movie a thousand times the movies, <laughs> it doesn't have, you know, its same first watch appeal, but it's still a great movie. Um, one of my funniest moments in the movie is when Peter Quill's telling them that he has a uh, part of a plan and they're sitting in that little circle and they're just letting jokes off like crazy. <laughs> Bradley Cooper does a great job as Rocket. He's hilarious throughout the movie as is Dave Bautista as Drax. The soundtrack, of course, is great. I mean, you got a forgettable villain, but it's made up for by the great cast and how fun it is to watch. James Gunn was able to really make his stamp on the MCU and make something that was unique and fitting all at the same time. So I can't wait for Volume 2 to finally drop here in like a month and a half or so. And that's finally all the movies. So about an hour into the episode, we finally got really through with that. Before we move on to what this episode is about, let me just quickly go over some past episode reflections. <laughs> and then I got... I got to show you one thing if you haven't seen it, and then I got to play this little one-minute part of this Vin Diesel interview that had me done. All right. <laughs> so two episodes back, I remember I listened to like part of the episode but didn't finish it, I believe. Uh, I said we may get a threequel to triple X three because <laughs> it's doing so well overseas. <laughs> we already got the threequel. It was the movie I was referring to. <laughs> I mispronounced Lena Headey's name. I think I called her like Lena Headley or something. <laughs> I didn't know she was Heather Headley's mother. Huh. Um, from from Rings, I called Matilda Lutz, Melinda Lutz, when I was in the process of bashing her. <coughs> well, that really doesn't matter because she sucks. Uh, <laughs> and then moving on to the last episode, we were doing our Oscar predictions. I thought it was funny. You said you were hedging your bets. When you're making the predictions by, <laughs> uh, by saying no prediction would have two of the same. And, but, then? and then very right after that, you had one that was the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> then, we, uh. then, we, then we also discussed how John Goodman doesn't make movies under 7%. And then we both said that's a lie right after that. And I just want to go over the movies that are under 70% for one John Goodman. <laughs> And I will say... Flintstones. That is one of them. But I will say it is a long list of movies. <laughs> okay, well, he has was, the persona of someone. <laughs> I was looking at it like it. For one, you've done a lot of movies, sir. So congratulations. <laughs> Respect. Does, mind you, he has a movie that is uh, rate, uh, ranked... Uh, what's the, the score on Rotten Tomatoes is a solid 0%. And that is Kronk's New Groove. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> There's no way. Because <laughs> Emperor's No Groove is a classic. Oh, so that unnecessary man. spinoff or sequel, whatever it is, must have been very unnecessary. Nobody liked it. <laughs> well, let me just go down his stinkers. Back in 2016, he had a movie called Ratchet and Clank that was 17%. Oh, yeah. 2015, he had a movie by the name called, called Love the Coopers, which was 19%. I saw that movie. It deserved that rating. <laughs> Also in 2015, live from New York, 51%. Transformers Age of Extinction in 2014, 18%. The Gambler. Okay, first of all, <laughs> Transformers as a whole, yee, 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 18%. That's bad. Y'all cocky. That's the one thing I know. Y'all make movies. It don't matter what y'all's rating is. The Gambler, 46%. 
a very boring movie by the name of Monuments Men, which came on 2014, 30%. Dang. Moving on to The Hangover Part 3 in 2013, 20%. 2012, Dang. Trouble with the Curve, 51%. 2012, <laughs> Drunk Boat, 25%. What is Drunk Boat? I have no clue. He plays somebody named Mr. Fletcher. 2012, <laughs> Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, 46%. Ugh. 2011, Red State, 59%. Uh, 2009, Gigantic, 37%. 2009, In the Electric Mist, 60%. Confessions of a Shopaholic in 2009, 25%. A great movie by the name of Speed Racer, 39%. B-movie, 51%. A movie I like, Death Sentence, 20%. Freshman Orientation, 32%. Evan Almighty, 23%. He was on a roll in 2007. He had four straight movies that all were under 70%. Then you got uh, that's a long title. I'm just skipping over that one. It just know it had a 22%. Then that's when you come to Kronk's New Groove at 2005 with 0%. Beyond the Sea, 42%. Clifford's really big movie, 53%. Max and Anonymous, 24%. The Jungle Book, 2, 19%. My first mister, 53%. Storytelling, 53%. Um, One Night at McCool's, 33%. I sound crazy. (laughs) Coyote Ugly, 22%. The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, 43%. What Planet Are You From, 42%. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer the Movie, 40%. (laughs) Dirty Work, 17%. Blues Brothers 2000, 47%. Fallen, 40%. The Flintstones, 21%. Born Yesterday, 26%. We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, 38%. The Babe, 46%. King Ralph, 20%. And I'm not even done, but just know he has more. Yikes. Well, that's just a... Happens to the best of us. (laughs) It's just funny how we we picked that time, and he really pulled a number on us, and... Said, oh, you thought I don't Love have bad Atlanta? movies? <laughs> I'm done. That's, that's called Distraction by Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. I still haven't even watched part two of the reunion, but I definitely got Love and Hip Hop recording. Yeah, that was tripping. But yeah, so that's all the reflections I got. All right, real quick. Did you happen to see the proposed uh, artwork of how they wanted um, Power Rangers to look? No, this but movie. what they came up with is already not good. I can only imagine what they what their other option was. So go ahead and feast your eyes on the red, blue, yellow, and pink ranger. If this would have went through, these look like four little slender aliens. The pink ranger definitely looks like an alien, but that is crazy. Yeah, that is say. bad. The helmets look insane. Their bodies look way more skinnier than they should be. Yeah, so that was I just... Know Becky D ain't fitting in that costume. Becky D. Is that her name? Becky G? Be- Becky G with the gap. <laughs> Becky the D? Is that what the G stands for? Gap? <laughs> I call her Becky D. <laughs> That's just disrespectful and mean. No, I was listening to How Does Get Made podcast, and they played this Vin Diesel interview where he was hitting on that. Uh... Spanish girls, something along that lines, and he says something that keeps replaying in my head, and I hope this is the clip. So I'm about to play this real quick. 
Turn it so you can see it. Play it so they can hear it. The first one. And he. God, he's so beautiful. God, she's so beautiful. <laughs> am I right or wrong? Look at her. How am I supposed to do this interview? Look at yeah. this woman. Tell me your story. She's so beautiful. Go on, yeah. man. Talk to me, baby. Tell me your story. <laughs> Tell me your story. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Let's, let's go have lunch. My God, I love her. Look how beautiful she is. Thank you. God, wow. Man. So, Tom Hanks? Wow, man. Ah, uh, yeah, Tom Hanks. I found out that you are a nerd like me. You love Dungeons and Dragons. I'm anything like you, because I love you. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm anything like you, because I love so, you. Guys, guys, really? Girl. Look how beautiful she is. You guys think it's a joke? How am I supposed to sit over here when they're looking at such beauty? Who is he looking? I don't oh, like the way they look off camera like so that. He keeps doing love. it from both angles. I'm in love with the interview. <laughs> so you played Dungeons and Dragons. I made my stomach hurt. I did say I'm pretty good. Did you? I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so good. I love her. I love her. Man, she's so fucking sexy. It's not, I can't do this interview. Look at her. He's married. Does anyone say this? Guys, what's wrong? Am I the only one that's saying it? Look at her. Girl, because you she's keep so hitting on her and it's bothering me. It's like me. you can't even do an interview with her because you're just like... Da, 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 da. Right or wrong? Oh my God, guys, someone saved me. What did this turn into beautiful world? Wait, what did he just say? He's getting ready to say the line that keeps <laughs> that keeps playing in my head. I don't even. Did he say something about beautiful world? <laughs> well, let me play this again because he is saying some words that don't pair up. <laughs> Take it back a second. Diesel, making a fool of himself. Someone save me! When did this turn into beautiful world? When did this turn into the most gorgeous girl in Brazil? When did this turn into I love you? Thank you so much. Thank you very much. When did this turn into I love you? That's not... <laughs> when did this turn to beautiful world? He is awful. Yeah. Vin Diesel. Just had to... <laughs> Just have to play that. You lucky, because when did this turn into beautiful world? Would not leave my head. <laughs> when did this turn into beautiful world? Indeed, <laughs> your lack of uh, control. Has he never been interviewed by <laughs> yeah, a lady he deemed attractive? Because uh, oh, beautiful world. <laughs> yeah, I had him making up places and things. And when did this turn? Into beautiful world. When did this turn into I love you? Vin Diesel, you lost some cool points there, sir. And it didn't help that I'm in love with this interview. Yeah, I was. And then whatever he did, that noise he made while he got on his knees. <laughs> I was. He was tripping. He was on drugs. Was that for this past movie? Uh huh, Triple X. Is he married? <laughs> That's something that needs to be. Sarah. Oh, no, she ain't working. And I almost caught a series, so. <laughs> yeah, somebody needs to uh, find out if Mark Sinclair up. is married because he was wilding. <laughs> uh, maybe he was on some of the old uh, Espanol drugs. I don't be crossing the butter. Yeah, he married. Okay, well, yeah, maybe she's in on the joke because you were wilding, <laughs> young man. Ooh, he's 
married to a Mexican model. Oh, oh so that's why. Has, yeah, never mind. This is all forgiven. So he has a type <laughs> name, Paloma and Yimnez or something. Was that his wife? That'd be funny if that was his wife interviewing him. She looks that's, like a Paloma. Uh, he has three children. Hania Riley, Vincent Sinclair, and Pauline. That's probably why you got a Michelle Rodriguez plays love interest because uh, mm-hmm. she's uh, of that descent, whatever that descent is. A little Spanishy type. Uh, what's his wife? I'm going to see how old he is. He's like 49. She's 33. Yeah, that fits, but she's got a very uh, Michelle Rodriguez uh, manly vibe going yeah, on there. Uh, Her tough, bone structure. One of them tough girls. <laughs> Looking like they practice uh, stunts at home in the free time. But uh, anyways, we are literally an hour and so deep <laughs> and haven't Neat. even talked about nothing. But uh, all right, so I guess we can finally jump into this episode. So, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had a something by the name of the Oscars. <sighs> Drop started out on the highest of notes with Justin Timberlake getting the crowd super amped and then all for it to everything to end on a bad note. <laughs> but um but that wasn't the end of war season. End of war season comes by the name of a award ceremony by the name of uh, I see movie awards, aka the Nadies. <laughs> Everybody's trying to walk away with one of these Johns. Really make trophies. We put it up on our I shop need on our to. website. We got hats, shirts, trophies. Speaking of shirts, I literally just remember I still haven't bought mine, so that needs to be put on my to do list. Can't decide when to wear mine. <laughs> I want to wear that like at a, a, a event, like a ball gala or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just putting two things together. Yeah, perfect or beautiful world. And <laughs> when did this become beautiful? World? <laughs> when did this become beautiful world? When did this become my love? <laughs> he is. I know he was sort of special at. <laughs> Vin Diesel becomes Mark Sinclair when he's around a pretty girl. Oh man, I keep replaying in my head. When did this become beautiful? <laughs> What's wrong with that dude? Dang, man, I'm mad at you right now. Oh man. But yeah, so we're here to finally reveal the winners of the third annual IC Movie Awards. If you don't know, this is a movie awards I throw on my blog where I go through and I make selections for each category, my own personal nominations, then I let the readers vote for who their choice would be, as well as giving my uh, choice of who I want the winner to be for each category. So we're just going to go through and reveal the winners here, and then right after you listen to this episode, the, the actual blog post version of be on the site icmovies.wordpress.com we got some performances this year we got uh connor for real from uh <laughs> pop star never stop he's performing a song off there that the movie soundtrack and we also got a little group by the name of salt and pepper they gonna be throwing it down on the stage for us performing <laughs> one of their big hits and last but not least we got pharrell williams Singing a nice little inspirational jam from Hidden Figures. Just a little background music. But, uh, so. 
Nope. Uh huh. Not a gay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, kind of Pharrell and Pink. But um, so let's go ahead and get started. Or go ahead and get started with this, as we're already two hours and thirty minutes into the <laughs> podcast. So before I give uh, the first category, I have uh, this special reckon uh, special recognition little part. Because originally I wanted to come up with the funniest moments of 2016 and have five choices. But couldn't think of five choices. So I just want to uh, recognize two of the funniest moments to me from 2016. First up from a little, little, little known hated sequel that I guess nobody really wanted nor asked for. Comes from Zoolander number two. <laughs> the very end of the movie where Zoolander and Hansel. Is that his name? Hansel Elgert. Oh, yeah. That's basically what it is, a dumb model. <laughs> uh, whoever Owen Wilson played, they saved the day. And to celebrate, mind you, they're in like a little cave or a volcano of some sort <laughs> where there's lava surrounding them. And like I said, to celebrate, they they look at each other and say something along the lines like, you think what I'm thinking? And they, at the same time, they yell, Lava pool party and proceed <laughs> to jump in the lava together. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but I haven't laughed that hard at something in a long time. <coughs> I just captured the stupidity of the characters because they are so happy they're willing to almost kill themselves. So you should fast forward to that scene for the movie because apparently a lot of people don't like that movie. Well, I thought it was very funny. And then next up. If you ever seen, if you seen Sausage Party, you know it's full of a bunch of crude moments. But the crudest one of them all, the grossest, the nastiest one, <laughs> comes at the very end, where you know all the foods decide to get involved in a nice group orgy of some sort, <laughs> and just watching it all take place is hysterical. Yeah, That's something else I haven't laughed at in, or that hard at in so long. So <laughs> those are two moments from 2016 that made my stomach hurt. Tears come <laughs> out of my eyes. During the sausage party, I was stomping my feet. During uh, Zoolander number two, I got up because I almost had to leave the theater because I was laughing so hard. So, you know, when you got stuff like that go, going through your body, it must mean that it was something, it was something funny. So hopefully... <laughs> Next year, I'll be able to come up with five moments that are worthy to be nominated. But let's move on to the first actual category. And I don't remember how we did it when we did the nomination. Surely don't. Now, did you guess? Did you say your winner or did you say the winner you think? If we don't remember, we can just do both of them. Yeah, I don't remember. All right, so I'll have you guess who you think the people will win and then also either reminding us or telling us for the first time who your choice would be. Wait, did I just do? I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, meant to, I meant to listen to it back just to be sort of prepared, but then I didn't. All right. Dude, we did this on this iteration of the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first category we have is best moment. Nominees again are the big third act shootout from Magnificent Seven, the epilogues parentheses what if scene from La La Land, the first battle at Hackshaw in Hackshaw Ridge, uh, Darth Vader's last scene in Rogue One, and the reverse time fight scene that was the little climactic battle in Doctor Strange. Now, 
First up, who was your choice? I would. Did I already do this? I think you did, because I think you said Doctor Strange, if I'm not mistaken. If I said Doctor Strange, I'm going to go with Magnificent Seven, as what I'm now saying <laughs> was my favorite movie. All right, so who do you think the people chose? La La Land. That is actually incorrect. I don't know why I picture white people getting onto your website. And <laughs> Mind you, now there is a, you'll see a, probably towards the end, you'll see a similarity where you saw one group of people really went hard, which was very, <laughs> this was very odd, but I definitely didn't see this happening. But the winner from the readers was Doctor Strange, the reverse okay. time fight scene, <laughs> dope scene. But my choice for this one, it was a tough one because these are all great scenes because yeah, clearly I picked it myself. But um, <laughs> if I had to I had to pin it down to one, I was like, what scene actually did I constantly talk about or like think about afterwards? And it had to be Darth Vader's last scene in Rogue One because Star Wars is one of my favorite franchises. You know, I grew up with it. And everybody always talks about how Darth Vader is one of the best villains of all time. He's so scary. But when I go back and watch the movies, he doesn't seem that menacing to me. <laughs> I was on, I'm on record saying that Kylo Ren is probably uh, the better villain or my personal favorite out of the two, especially from the Star Wars uh, franchise. But then this scene came where he was just slicing and dicing through everybody that was in his way to try to get the Death Star plans back. And he was very uh, terrifying and threatening and strong. Uh-huh. And everything that people used to say about him, he showed it in that one scene. And it was made me want to see, you know, Darth Vader actually live up to his such threatening potential more often. But chances are we might not ever see him in a movie again. So that was, <laughs> if that's the last thing we get to see, that was a great way to end things off on and show people why people have such high regard for him so i had to go with darth vader from world one all right speaking of villains moving on to the next category we have best villain the nominees were jason nope wrong john gallagher jr from hush john goodman from 10 cloverfield lane aaron taylor johnson from nocturnal animals stephen lang from don't breathe and all the racist white people that were in the birth of a nation now, who do you think the readers chose? Readers chose. Who did the readers choose? I mean, if I, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of all of America, and I just like Aaron Taylor Johnson, <laughs> I'm yeah, assuming I, I know that has no bias in it, none whatsoever. I will say that he did not win. Lisa. All right, so, I mean, I'm boycotting. Nady's <laughs> <Lisa>. so white. <laughs> Lisa didn't get zero votes. Like, I tried to trap. I tried to trap some people. I put the racist white people there at category nominee <laughs> to see who would vote for them. No one fell for my trap. No one. That got zero <laughs> votes. But the winner for the reader's choice was Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe. Okay, but I still went with uh, ATJ. All right. And my personal choice, this was another tough one, but ultimately I had to go with John Goodman from 10 Cloverfield Lane because he was great in this movie that felt like it came out so long ago. Mm-hmm. He was, you didn't know, like, was he a bad guy? Was he just weirdo? So that little juggling act, he played all the way through the end credits, basically, because you still don't necessarily know if he had, if he was a bad guy per se, but he was able to play that mystery and, you know, sort of villainous 
character very great, so he had to get the W here for me. All right, moving on to why he got pink hair. I ain't in the know of Dragon Ball Z anymore. I mean, it really just went ahead and spoiled it for me. Come a couple episodes back, and I didn't know he went God mode already. Jesus. God mode era. The first two sagas in this show are things that happened in those two movies they put out. So until we finish these two sagas, this is when... <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep on that last Dragon Ball Z movie, but whatever. All right, moving on to the next category. We have Best Scary Movie. Nominees are The Conjuring 2, Don't Breathe, Hush, Lights Out, and The Witch. Now, who do you think the people voted for here? They went with Don't Breathe. That is correct. Yes. They went with Don't Breathe. Me personally, for the W, I had to give it to The Conjuring 2, of course. Great movie. One-upped. The the first one uh, brought something different to the table. And it was a James Wan flick. We know James Wan don't make stinkers. So, <laughs> uh, Conjuring 2 is, uh, in my opinion, the best scary movie of 2016. All right, moving on to the next category. We have best score slash soundtrack. Nominees are Hidden Figures, mm-hmm. La La Land, The Lobster, Mulai, and The Neon Demon. Now, who do you think the readers chose here? Hidden figures. Wrong. Uh, I'm just going with what I would have went with. <laughs> <laughs> they actually chose the lobster. Shocking enough. Yeah. That's some weirdos. <laughs> we got some artsy people uh, showing through here, but my choice for best score soundtrack. Let me give you a couple of bars. <clears throat> City of stars, are you shining this City of stars, it's not like it was a neon demon. <laughs> Speaking of that, I don't, I didn't like John Legend's little uh, rendition of those songs at the Oscars. <laughs> I was, I wanted to hear some Emma or some Rai Rai up there, but you yeah. know, whatever. But my choice is... Ryan Gosling, not an Oscar-winning <laughs> actor. Oh, yeah. I quickly forgot to go over uh, the res- or who won the Oscar prediction segment, so <laughs> I'll do that after this. Yeah, this this is going to be a three-hour episode. <laughs> yeah, luckily I'm trying to fly through these. But um, <laughs> So, yeah, if you didn't know, I selected La La Lamb. You know, great soundtrack. It's a musical that I loved, so... And I uh, guess the W here for me. Next up, we have Best Screenplay. Nominees were Shane Black for The Nice Guys, David Chazelle for La La Land, Yogos Latimos, and Eftimus Filippo for The Lobster. <laughs> that really sounds like some Telemundo. <laughs> Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea, and Richard Linklater for Everybody Wants Some. Now, who do you think the readers went with here? I think they might have picked La La Land. You are incorrect. The heck? They went with the unpronounceable names from the lobster. Okay, so someone on here is really lobstery. <laughs> and me personally, I had to agree. Because if you don't recall, the lobster is my favorite movie of 2016 as of right now. And that's because of its storyline. And inside the storyline, they had some great dialogue that made that over-the-top movie even more great than it actually was. 
So this is where me and the people finally agree. Moving on, we have Best Visual Effects. Nominees were Arrival, Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and Rogue One. And Actress, uh, The Jungle Book should be nominated here, but clearly as I do every year, I always forget one. <laughs> in that Lego cat- movie. <laughs> category. So who do you think the people voted for here? Doctor Strange? That'll be incorrect. They are. Oh, man. They are feeling very va- fantastic beasts and where to find them. Almost, in my head, I almost heard Fantastic Four. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> but me, I had to disagree, and I had to go with Doctor Strange because I'm, as I'm already quoted on this podcast, it's one of the best looking Marvel movies that we've seen. Mm-hmm. The action, uh, action scenes were sweet visually. And it was just a great looking film. I gotta give them credit because when they were shooting this movie, I think it was like less than a year before the movie was supposed to come out. And yeah. I don't think they shot the movie yet. They were like scouting <laughs> locations. Yeah, they was, got together. I was a little worried. I was like, yeah, this movie ain't coming out on time or it might be trash. But they definitely pulled it together and made something very appealing to the eyes. All right. Next up, uh, we have Best Action Movie. The nominees are Captain America Civil War, Deadpool. Doctor Strange, The Magnificent Seven, and Rogue One. Now, who do you think the people voted for as the winner in this category? Deadpool. You are correct. Yes, my second one. Deadpool is the winner here, but I had to disagree with the people. I had to vote for Captain America Civil War. Captain. One of my favorite movies from last year. Action throughout. Had many memorable action scenes like... Uh, Black Panther chasing Winter Soldier on through the streets of wherever they were. Um, the airport scene where it's Team Iron, Van, Iron Man versus Team Captain America. The very intimate, non-over-the-top battle between Iron Man, Captain America, and Winter Soldier. I mean, it's just dope action throughout the whole thing great movie so that got my choice as best action movie for last year alright next up we have best comedy your nominees are Deadpool The Lobster Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping and Sausage Party who do you think the people voted for here The Lobster you would be correct <laughs> as a trend is starting up there we had a very lobster crowd come out and show their support at the polls. Somebody loved that. <laughs> but uh, me, even though I said The Lobster is my favorite movie, I'm going off comedy, I'm going off the humor aspect of things, like which one was actually the funniest. And my choice was Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. A great follow-up to Neighbors. You know, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne once again created a hilarious duo. Then you got Zach E. bringing his comedic, great comedic timing and just, you know, his hilarity to the party. Chloe Grace Moretz brought something funny and new as well. Then you have the cameos, uh, not cameos, but quick little parts from Dave Franco, uh, the big girl who was the friend, not <laughs> Aquafina. Uh, you know, just, it was just a funny movie throughout, so that gets my choices, best comedy. All right, next up, we have Best Animated Movie. The nominees are Finding Dory, Kubo, and the Two Strings, Sausage <laughs> Party, <laughs> Storks, and Academy Award winning Zootopia. Who do you think won here for the people? I got like a Zootopia feel. 
Yep, Zootopia just seems to be the generic choice when it comes to <laughs> people liking it and it being an animated movie. But yeah, the readers chose Zootopia as their best animated movie. But me, I had to go with Sausage Party. Top 10 movie for me. Hilarious. And it was animated. So it, it's got to get my vote there. All right, next up, we have Best Supporting Actress. You know how these are. Uh, Haley. Bennett, a.k.a. Jennifer Lawrence Light in The Girl on the Train. <laughs> Naomi Harris and Moonlight. Ariana LaBed from The Lobster. Anne-Gary Rice from The Nice Guys. And Shailene Woodley, a.k.a. I get disrespected because they booted it's me ugly. off of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. But she did uh, her role was in Snowden. So who do you think the people voted for here? Okay, so this is like a lobster crowd. But I'm going to go Haley Bennett. You will be incorrect. Dang. The people chose Ariane, Ariane, LeBed, or whatever from the lobster. Of course. <laughs> Don't know why I went with something else. <laughs> it was This was a difficult one for me because I felt all these ladies did a great job, but ultimately I had to be biased and give it to Shailene Woodley because she was able to stand pat with... Joseph Gordon-Levin and Snowden and make that movie be better than a lot of people give it credit for. So, her and her motorcycle jacket wearing self <laughs> from those leaked set photos from Amazing Spider-Man 2 get the victory here. Alright, moving on. Best Supporting Actor. We have Charlotte O'Copley from Hardcore Henry. Ben Foster for Hell or High Water. John Goodman for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Lucas Hedges from Manchester by the Sea, and Ashton Sanders for the Academy Award-winning movie for Best Picture, Moonlight. Who do you think the readers chose here? That's a brush mask. I'm going Moonlight. You will be incorrect. The people, as I did, chose John Goodman for 10 Cloverfield Lane. We were both seeing eye to eye here, basically for the same reasoning that I gave for his victory for best villain earlier. That also applies for this one. So moving on to best actress. We can just zoom through this one. The nominees, Amy Adams' arrival, em- Emily Blunt for The Girl in the Train, Amelia Clark for Me Before You, Sally Field for Hello, My Name is Doris, and Queen Emily Stone for La La Land. I don't know who the readers chose, but we all know who I chose. But you can go ahead and guess who won this one. Emma Stone? Yes. Me and the readers <laughs> got this correct. Emily Stone. I'm here nervous to pick now because of these little curveballs they throw me. <laughs> these little lobster curveballs. But Academy Award winner, Emma Stone, as she needs to be referred to from here on out, gets the Oscar and the Nady all in the same year. So she is having a splendid year. I got a question. So take yourself, like, being this age, time travel back to 2007, and watch Superbad. You don't know these people are nothing. Who out of that cast would you think in the future would have gone on to win an Oscar? Would it be Michael Sarah, Christopher Mintz-Plasse, Fat Jonah Hill, Emma Stone in her first movie when she really looked like a frog. Um, <laughs> Seth Rogen or Bill Hader. That is very tough. I wouldn't have... Just I, strictly based off of seeing them in that. I would probably guess Michael Sarah because he would be the person <laughs> I would think would be able to balance, move it over to a drama a uh-huh. lot easier than those. It definitely wouldn't have been Jonah Hill. Cause 
I would have been would have thought people would have took him seriously <laughs> after that because he, I mean, he was hilarious in the movie. But you think of him starting in movies like Moneyball and Wolf of Wall Street? That's I just really funny. I wouldn't see that happening. <laughs> Christopher Mintz Ploss was funny, but I wouldn't expect him to be in any movie that would be Oscar worthy. Uh, Seth Rogen was his usual Seth Roganness, and I maybe like as a writer or something, but I wouldn't have guessed yeah. for acting. Bill Hader's great, but I wouldn't. I, mean, I can kind of see it with yeah. Bill Hader. I mean, he, he dibbles and dabbles like slightly like, with stuff like the Skeleton Twins and stuff like that. But maybe yeah, either Bill Hader or Michael Sarah. Definitely not Emma Stone because she just <laughs> seemed like a just a typical girl in a a movie that was playing the love interest or as you would call it in, in those type of movies, the girl of interest. She just played <laughs> a typical girl in that type of movie. It wasn't until Easy A where the stardom scene <laughs> full potential. Or Zombieland. One of those two. You ain't just not going to say House Bunny? No, I'm not going to say House Bunny. Because <laughs> even though I like that movie, I constantly forget that she was in there. As well as whatever that movie with... What's that fella's name? That rock movie. Oh, The Rocker with Rain Wilson. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Definitely didn't know it then. But, you know, boy, have things changed at the slight age of... What is she? 28? 29, something young. She is an Academy Award winner. And that's how she needs to be referred to. It was a lovely, it was a joyous moment. Leonardo DiCaprio, an Oscar winner, handing the trophy to Emma Stone, the Oscar winner. Two of my favorite people on stage at the same time. One passing the torch to the other. It was just, it was a beautiful moment. My Snapchat caught it, so. And he, and he was probably passing his phone number along with the trophy. Yeah, because, well, he usually, he usually only sticks to models and whatnot, yeah. but he can dibble and dabble here and there. <laughs> that would be a dream couple Dang, of Dang, Andrew Garfield was probably in the crowd with his arms folded. Yeah, pouting, like, I ruined it. I had a good thing, and I blew it. Not only didn't I win, not win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I lost to some sexual assault and extraordinaire. Yeah, rapist. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. If I money was Nate Parker, I wouldn't be yeah, my, hundred feet near this little venue. If I right was now. Jamal Affleck, I wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, if I was Ben Affleck's adopted younger brother, yeah. I'd be in jail right now. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, congratulations to Emma Stone. Can't wait to see the next. What is she gonna put out that um, that tennis movie with Steve Carell? Uh-huh, Battle of the Sexes. Or that's real. Which the soundtrack should be Ludacris and Shauna's failed album. Yeah, the, the Lost Tapes. <laughs> or are we gonna get this boring movie that she's about to shoot with uh, Beast <laughs> called The Favorite? A little yeah. period piece, but yeah, I ain't into them kind of movies. But I guess what we gonna see. All right, moving on to Best Actor, we got. Colin Farrell for The Lobster, Andrew Garfield from Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosgoss from The Nice Guys, Jake Gilly from Demolition, and Ryan Reynolds from Deadpool. Also, speaking to that list I was saying earlier about the 50 greatest superhero performances, Ryan Gosling wasn't, he was high, but he wasn't that high. But who was ahead of him that made me roll my eyes? Who was it? <laughs> oh yeah, Chris Evans was ahead of him. Now, I don't get me wrong. Chris Evans does a great job as mm-hmm. Captain America. But Ryan Reynolds did an amazing job as Deadpool. He, he is a Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's why they, they docked him some points, because that's just Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds <laughs> in a costume. But 
I can't downplay that he did a great job in that movie. But anyways, who do you think the readers chose for this one? I'm obviously going with Colin Farrell. <laughs> you will be correct. Colin Farrell for the lobster hey. is the reader's choice with an outstanding percentage over everybody else. Now, for me, no bias there, but I had to go with Jake Gyllenhaal for Demolition. Jake Jilly. People say that Demolition is a bad movie. They also say Jake Gyllenhaal didn't do a great job in the movie. But I say the movie was actually better than... People give it credit for I actually really like the movie, and it's because Jake Gyllenhaal carried that movie from start to finish. If he didn't do that movie, put any other actor in that movie, that movie's totes. But the <laughs> fact that he was in that movie, he showed his acting prowess and that he's one of the best actors doing it because he was able to take a subpar movie and make it into something great. So Jake Gyllenhaal gets my choice here as the winner for best actor. This has nothing to do with anything, but I was hit in the head by football today, and I did a great job as to not fighting whoever threw the football. <laughs> My head was, yeah, was ringing. Got, you must got to tell the truth going on up there. Yeah. Very upset. <laughs> you should have threw it back. How immediately come home. Pop two ibuprofens. <laughs> See, if you would have, if that would have been me, I'd embarrass myself because I'd have tried to throw the football back. But I can't throw footballs as I recently <laughs> discovered a, a couple months ago. <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there. But I'm right, moving on to the next category: best director. Oh, when did this become beautiful world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody must have smacked Vinny over the head with a football before that interview because he was losing it. But well, we got uh, Damien Chazelle for La La Land, John Favreau for The Jungle Book, Anthony and Joe Russo for Captain America Civil War, Denis V. Or I, I keep hearing his last name and I keep I forgetting. Forget Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Villeneuve. 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 I was about to say, I thought I was about to say, don't that sassy dude, uh, Ricky Martin, sing that song? But nah, that's that's fair. <laughs> but all right, then last Rick but not. Carter. <laughs> they can wrist dance on the Rick Carter. You can, anybody out there, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure you listen to the Migos. They keep having this Rick Ricardo line being Who's said. Rick on, Ricardo? And Who's why? Dan? And how does Rick Ricardo and Diamonds dance and <laughs> go together? <laughs> But uh, last but not least, we got James Wan for The Conjuring 2. So who do you think the, the people out there voted for? I'm trying to think. Damien Chazé. J.C. Damien Chazé. That would Chazelle. be incorrect. The people voted for Anthony and Joe Russo for Captain America They really Civil are throwing War. me off with, <laughs> first they like a little artsy film, then like a popcorn blockbuster. Yeah, if it, ain't, if it ain't the lobster, then you can, you know, go with a popular movie in the category. <laughs> but I went, this was a real tough one, because Damien Chazelle made La La Land look beautiful. John Favreau made the Jungle Book look just realistic with all the CGI that was used in that movie. Anthony and Joe Russo, they did a great job dealing with all those personalities on the set that's a little teaser of what they're gonna have to do it on the affinity war on top of making the movie look great denevi we already know he does he made arrival look great and james wan continued his streak of just killing it in the horror world but ultimately i had to go with the conjuring too by he won james wan it's just See, i'd be forgetting that he's asian 
I mean, Juan should always give it away, yeah. but he don't because he has a real eye for things, and that's not something a, you would he say got a about Black Boat last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James Taekwon. Taekwon. That sounds like a I'm black that, first name. I'm getting that Taekwondo. <laughs> but uh, he was the fact that he was able to make this entry into the Conjuring franchise have a different tone not tone but different look than the first one did and still make it look great and you know bring all that to the table while bringing something new he ultimately had to get my vote in this basically this toss-up so congratulations to him and last but not least we have the nominations for best picture and they are Arrival, Captain America Civil War, The Conjuring 2, Deadpool, Doctor Strange, La La Land, The Lobster, Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, The Nice Guys, and Sausage Party. Who do you think won for the reader's vote? The Lobster. You'll be correct. (laughs) That is correct for them and for my choice as well because, you know, there's no explanation needed. My favorite movie of the year, obviously, is going to win the uh, category of Best Picture. So, bam. So, there you have it. All the winners for the IC Movie Awards 2017, the third annual. Thank you, everybody, who was able to get out there and vote, especially those Lobster fans out there. Really showed your support. Maybe we'll we'll get a different crowd for a different movie who show up like a bunch of Donald Trump fans (laughs) for next year when we do the fourth annual IC Movie Awards. Maybe we'll get one of these people to come and actually accept the award. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, might have to hit up some uh, some, DMs. But, But, uh, so, congratulations to all the winners, especially Emma Stone, for uh, bringing home that Nady. I need to go baby uh, episode here soon. Definitely not this one because we're already looking at four hours, but go over and see, you know, just reflect over the past uh, three IC Movie Awards and see if maybe there's somebody who's a multiple time winner or maybe a director or something that's won multiple times. But anyways, once again, congratulations to all the winners for the IC Movie Awards, a.k.a. the Nadies, and thank you for everybody who voted, especially those Lobster fans out there. Make sure you check it, uh, the blog post I've version. I've been trying to find a horn since you were wrapping the, uh, the words <laughs> up. And you can't wait with fireworks. That's close. But, um, so yeah, so look out for the blog post. That should be up basically by the time this episode drops. Look out for the awards this time, or er, same time next year. If there's a category. A disaster. <laughs> That's a category you think I should add. I'm always trying to add at least one or two new categories each year. Let me know because right now it's just going to be funniest moment. I'm going to force that into next year as an actual category. (laughs) But if there's something else I should add, go ahead and hit the comments section or, you know, just let me know on the blog or hit me up on Twitter at ICMovies93 or something along those lines. So once again, that is... The third annual IC Movie Awards. The best award show around, period. Maybe I'll have a different name next next year. Because right now, one name, different name. One name, maybe I'll have a different name going on <laughs> next year. So, I guess we'll see. I don't know why this is playing. Alright. So, <laughs> yikes. Somebody get married or whatever music this is. 
But alright, so before we move on to, I want to say, the Rotten Tomatoes segment, last episode we did the Oscar predictions where we gave our guess to who we think is going to win and who we want uh, who we want to win, mashed that bad boy up into one, and whoever came away with the most selections between us two gets to choose a nice little cheap movie of their choice. So let me just quickly run through these so we can find out which one is our winner in this close battle for best original screenplay. I wanted The Lobster to win, but I thought La La Land would win. You thought, or you wanted and you thought La La Land was going to win. Needless to say, none of those won. So that's no points right there. Uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. The winner end up being Moonlight. I who I wanted to win. I chose Arrival, who I thought was win with Moonlight. You said you wanted Moonlight to win, but you thought Fences would win. So we each got one point there. Next, we have Best Visual Effects. Who end up winning this? The Jungle Book. I said I wanted Doctor Strange to win, as did you. But I thought Rogue One, a Star Wars story, was going to win. You thought The Jungle Book was going to win. So that's a point for you. Best sound editing. Who end up winning? I believe a rival won. I wanted a rival to win, but I thought La La Land would win. You wanted a rival to win, and you also thought a rival would win. So you doubled up on the points there. Best production design. Who end up winning? That was La La Land. I thought they were going to win, and I wanted them to win. You thought Fantastic Beast was going to, or you wanted Fantastic Beast to win, but you thought La La Land was going to win, so you were able to pull away with one point there. Next, we have Best Original Song, City of Stars from La La Land won. I thought they were going to win at first, but then I switched at the last minute to Audition. That was a mistake, but I wanted uh, Can't Stop the Feeling by King JT to win that but he that didn't win, but it got a nice little riveting performance to start the show. <laughs> you wanted and thought City of Stars was going to win, so you doubled up there. Best original score was La La Land, of course. I thought that was going to win, and I wanted that to win. Same as you, so we both doubled up on the points there. Best makeup and hairstyling was a complete tragedy. Ooh. Suicide Squad somehow won, and I chose... A man called Oove to win, and I wanted it to win. You wanted Star Trek to win, but you also selected a man called Oove to win. And so, fortunately, we got no points there because somebody decided Suicide Squad should be now referred to as an Academy Award winning movie. Oh, my gosh. Best film editing. That went to... Who won that? Honestly, don't remember who won that, but all I know is we both picked it incorrectly because I wanted La La Land to win, but I thought Moonlight would win. You wanted Moonlight to win, but Arrival, or but you thought Arrival would win. Needless to say, none of those won. Oh, yeah, Hacksaw Ridge won. Best animated feature. Zootopia ended up winning. We both thought that was going to win, but we both wanted Kubo and the Toy Strings to win. So we only got one point there. Best supporting actress. We both thought Viola was going to win. She did win. But we both wanted Naomi Harris to win. So we only got one point each there. This is where I messed up. Best supporting actor. We all know <laughs> Mahershala Ali for Moonlight. 
He won Best Supporting Actor. You doubled up there, said you wanted him, thought he was going to win. I wanted him to win, but I thought we were going to be in for a white surprise, and Jeff Bridges was going to come home. A white with, surprise. With the victory. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> moving on to Best Actress. I was 100% sure Emma Stone was going to win, and I wanted her to win. I doubled up there. You was disrespectful. You picked her. You wanted her to win, but you thought old Isabel Huppert was going to take home the foreign victory. Thank goodness a tragedy didn't strike there. (laughs) Best actor. I wanted Ryan Gosling to win, but I knew Casey Affleck was going to win. He did. You doubled up on the Goss Goss, so he came up with no points there. I'm struggling now. Best director was Damien Chazelle. I wanted him to win. No, I wanted uh, Denis V to win, but I thought Damien was going to win. You wanted Barry Jenkins to win, but you thought as well Damien Chazelle was going to take home the victory. So we both grabbed one point there. And best picture. Now, at first, originally stated, I was going to be wrong on both fronts because I wanted Arrival to win, but I thought Moonlight was going to take home the surprise upset. You picked Moonlight for your want, but La La Land as your thing. So either way, you're yeah. about to rack up a point. Uh, but thanks to some mishaps, it switched spots, and I was able to actually grab a point there, and you grabbed a point as well. Lucky. So the end tally in a close battle was me 14 and you 16. Oh, I was about to say. Where it <laughs> dropped off was I got killed with the Mahershala. You t- got two points there, and I shouldn't have picked freaking Jeff Bridges. But what really got me is City of Stars. You doubled up there, and I took away one point. Duh. Or I took Winning. away one of the choices. Duh. Winning. So you, Duh. sir, get to select Winning. a movie or a choice that I'll go ahead and buy uh. sitting here. Man, it felt like I was working <laughs> to get it, and all I did was make picks. <laughs> <laughs> so that Ooh, was nice. I like to thank randomness because it allowed me to just rattle off the first thing that came to my head. And I'd like to thank uh, Big Brother and Survivor because that helped me with my strategic ideas (laughs) to hedge my bets (laughs) and pick more than one movie on a lot of those. Yeah, so now we know the Oscars are getting a little bit uh, more predictable than they used to be. (laughs) I think this was their way of being more mainstream because they had like popular, or La La Land was probably their most popular movie. So we're going to get out a bunch of awards. Emma Stone, a popular actress, even though she's well-deserving. And then, you know, then they also decided to dabble in not being racist. So they gave Viola and Mahershala, a.k.a. I die seven episodes into uh-huh. Luke Cage and don't warn nobody yeah, about it. I'm not it. as big as fan of that second villain. <laughs> Oops. That second villain, so. Yeah, he, he, was, he was cool at first, but then he started getting really, like, Comic-y and I didn't like the way his dialogue looked. was getting really weird. Too jokey-jokey and corny. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, so congratulations. You won the Oscar predictions. Yes. I hope you pick, like, uh, Bloods vs. Wolves or uh, <laughs> I'm currently looking. All right, so we have that. Moving on to... Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes prediction game. Now let's see what we have to resolve. Uh, all right, we right now we just have to do collide. 
Right now, we're uh, the total is three for me, two for you. Now let's look at Rotten Tomatoes and see Come where on. Collide is sitting. A movie that had, I want to say, a, the a record for the biggest drop off from its first yeah. weekend to its second weekend. <laughs> Not too sure, but right now. Collide is sitting. It's not even in the top ten anymore, so that should tell you something. <laughs> uh, it's sitting at a smooth twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't remember. Now let me uh, tell y'all what each one of us selected first. Let me say what our special guest Brianna, who also uh, predicted this movie with us on the episode where we did it, she guessed twenty five percent. I will say she. Is she at one point she was the closest, but the movie I think moved around a little bit. But, anyways, I went with 16%. You went with 30%. I'm out of my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So that gives me the victory for a crappy collide. Oh my gosh. Which moves my my gap or my total to four. I deserve to lose. We're gonna see if I can keep this uh, this this lead. Next movie we have is Kong Skull Island. Just as a reminder, I put up sixty three percent. You put up seventy seven percent. I already glanced at it when I just clicked on this, and yeah. So uh, <laughs> the movie for this episode, we can go ahead and take a prediction. It's a nice little movie uh, remake of some sorts of a TV show. It's a film by the name of Chips. Hey. It's your boy Michael Pena, Dax Shep Shep, his wife, and some other people. So who do you think is, or what do you think that movie is going to end up being on Rotten Tomatoes? I am going with 26%. All right. Me, I got a real infatuation with threes. For some reason, when, I, when <laughs> these things come to my head, the first thing that pops up is around has a three in it. I'm going with thirteen percent. We know this movie's going to get a bad, yeah. a bad review, <laughs> a majority bad reviews. This is just how bad we're going to get. And um, I'm reaching pretty low. That's how uh, little hope I have for this movie. So, yeah, I'm going with uh, 13%. And you said 26%? Yeah, I'm taking a risk. All right, so we have that ch- uh, for chips, and we'll get the resolution for that for whenever that movie comes up. Also, by the way, back in episodes ago, we predicted Power Rangers. So I put that on here as well because I wrote it down. <laughs> so right now we have you at a 30%. And I am at a 36%. Would you like to change your score? Because this was before, I believe, we saw the pre- the first trailer or anything. I'm going 50. Okay. <laughs> I thought you was going to drop it some. But I'm being right. nice. I'm going up. You want to move it from 30 to 50%? Yep, <laughs> smack dab in the middle, just in case. All right, I'm. I think I'm gonna keep mine at thirty six percent, cause it looks bad, and it looks like people ain't gonna like it. So I don't know if they're gonna hate it. Do I want fifty? I definitely ain't comfortable enough of moving that up to 
Like you like fifty percent, but hey, I hope you I know hope you right now. Now I'm going in between my thirty three or whatever I said in fifty forty five, and that's final forty five. Yeah, all right, that's why I'm leaving it as. All right, so our new updated for Power Rangers, you got it at a forty five percent. I thought something was falling, <laughs> uh, and I'm a, I'm uncomfortably keeping it at a thirty six percent. All right, I think it is the punishment segment. Two days into the show. <laughs> I ain't even gonna dare look at. <laughs> All right, you got somebody you want to put on punishment for this episode? I should write this stuff down because I remember it was because we should do two. We do two of them since we missed one, but I can't. What was the? Cause I already feel like somebody involved with the Oscar shit. Hey, right, it was. Yeah, it was. But who was that other one I had in my head? Dang. I'm getting old. <laughs> Can't remember stuff. All right, if I let you think of that, why? But I got some. Or yeah, I'll let you can, cause I they ain't gonna ever come to my head. All right, well, the first person or place that should get this uh, punishment is this little place called uh, Henniger. I think that's how you pronounce the Henniken Drive-In. This is a drive-in theater in Alabama. Who decided? To announce to the world that they are not going to show oh, yeah. Beauty and the Beast because there has been a change of uh, character traits for one. Yeah. Le Few is not a homosexual, played by <laughs> Josh Gad. I just want to read their quote or their little statement because it's got some uh, ridiculousness written all in it, but let me just <laughs> read that right now. Um, so they go, as of December 16th, the Hannigan Drive-In is under new ownership. Movies scheduled prior to that date and four weeks after this date were not scheduled by the new owners. That being said, it is with great sorrow that I have to tell our customers that we will not be showing Beauty and the Beast at the Hannigan. I don't even know if that's the right way to pronounce it, but drive-in when it comes out. When companies continually force their views on us, we need to take a stand. We all make choices and I am making mine. For those that do not know, Beauty and the Beast is premiering their first homosexual character. The producer also says at the end of the movie there will be a surprise for same-sex couples. In parentheses, I mean, there's going to be a little kissy-kiss smooch-smooch. What is a surprise? <laughs> if we cannot take our 11-year-old granddaughter and our 8-year-old grandson to see a movie, we have no business watching it. If I can't sit through a movie with God or Jesus sitting by me, then we have no business showing it. I, I know there will be some that do not agree with this decision. That's fine. We are first and foremost Christians. We will not comp compromise on what the Bible teaches. We will continue to show family-oriented films so you can feel free to come watch wholesome movies without worrying about sex, nudity, <laughs> homosexuality, and foul language. Thank you for your support. Now, Ooh. right now they're showing a movie by the name of A Dog's Purpose. A Dog's Purpose deals with reincarnation. What is not in the Bible or pro in the Bible? Reincarnation. Yeah. So that's something I don't think, <laughs> as they put it, God or Jesus would want to be sitting next to him watching this movie. They also showed a movie previously by the name of Passengers. What does passengers have in it? Some language. 
There's some nudity in there and a sex scene. So I'm really not understanding why yeah. they decided to lie. Y'all could have just kept it at, <laughs> we don't like homosexuals. We some homosexual bashers. We ain't showing the beauty and the beast. That's definitely going to make a bunch of money family movie. All because mm-hmm. they're going to be some little surprise, same sex yeah. coupleness or whatever going they don't on. like then. little surprises. If that's what you want to be, fine. Be your disrespectful uh uh, homo, what's the word? Homo, homo haters. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest. Yeah, there you go. Because I can't think of the terminology, but be a bunch of homo haters if you want. You can <laughs> lose. So crazy. If you want to lose money. That's on you. Who goes to drive-in movies anyways? Yeah. But don't start trying to back up your ridiculous reasoning and your ridiculous logic with some shenanigans and lies from how you interpret the Bible. And do I honestly really want to sit next to a movie with God and Jesus hovering over my shoulder judging me? Yeah. I'm over here watching Saw. I'm like, why'd you laugh at that? (laughs) What's so funny about that? I'm watching Saw and over here judging me because I'm enjoying the fact that somebody's getting their head sliced off (laughs) or someone's dying. I'm sitting here trying to watch Sausage Party and they over here giving me the cold shoulder because I'm laughing at these two (laughs) hot dogs and buns going at it. Nah. So this racist Alabama theater, go ahead, take your 1920s way of thinking and your 1920s business that you got going on with your drive-in movie. Go take that elsewhere. If y'all want to lose a couple bucks because you ain't trying to show Beauty and the Beast because LaFue might give a little kissy-kissy to somebody towards the end of the movie, (laughs) go ahead. That's y'all loss. So Hannigan, Hanniger whatever drive in you guys are getting put on punishment go sit in the corner and think about putting some money up to build an actual theater that people ain't gonna ain't gotta watch in their cars you suck yeah I ain't know you said all that alright so you say you wanna give it to somebody else as well yes I don't know who specifically from the Oscars was the dude that uh gave the cards to to them old elderly folks. Oh, uh, the what is that law firm? The law firm that needs to be fired, by the way. They better not ever do the Oscars again for that shenanigans. Let me type in law firm that botched the Oscars. <laughs> Cause whatever y'all's name is, y'all deserve to be on punishment strictly because. Y'all know how to shuffle y'all's cards right. Y'all know how to label stuff. And on top of that, the producers, the Oscars, put two elderly people out there knowing they're going to stumble, stumble or fumble up on some whatever, as Bow Wow would say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, they're Price Waterhouse Coopers is the accountant firm. Yeah, all that part. They ain't really, y'all make two copies. Y'all should, if when y'all handing out the work, destroy the other one. Or yeah, just don't. trust yourself to be able to pass them all out right. Or look at the card. Yeah, I don't know. Look at it, and if on on the front it says "Best Actress for a Motion Picture" <laughs> and you're on Best Picture, you probably shouldn't be passing that to to Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. They really put left the Emma Stone woman in there. Hey, they're not gonna try to get Emma Stone in a bunch of whirlwind because y'all say y'all got. You got people thinking that she ain't really got the car in her hand, but yeah. she really do still got the car in her hand. 
Y'all got, got Warren Beatty up there getting called racist by me. Because I wasn't <laughs> looking at the screen. When I was watching it, I was looking at my computer. I heard La La Land, and then I heard that was wrong. And I, all I the only voice I heard was Warren Beatty. So he racist. Uh-huh. He was racist in my head. The yep. fact that he passed the blame off to Faye Dunaway, who clearly didn't look. She was yeah, like, she just- Warren, you so crazy. It's La La Land. <laughs> La La Land. <laughs> and then when everything got uh, breaking down, she... Exited stage left so fast. Uh-huh, she was out of there. <laughs> and then, what's his name? Had to humble himself, put on a brave face, and come out and uh, tell him it was wrong. Yeah, that first of all, I should put uh, some of them Lyland producer on punishment for continuing to do their yeah. speeches. My guy who gave his speech and then sat at the very end, we lost though. The way he said that made me so <laughs> uncomfortable. I was. Dying, <laughs> like y'all lucky Emma Stone won earlier because if Yikes. she didn't, and y'all may hear trounce up there and think she was winning the award for best picture, all just snatch it away from her. Hey. Yeah, I'd have been a little, di- I'd have been a little mad. <laughs> now you got the cast of Moonlight; they can't even enjoy this victory yeah, as th- much anymore. They don't feel as good now, all right? Because they feel like they made the second choice, even though they were the first choice. This is see, they just didn't want the black movie to win. That's that's <laughs> that racism. They're like, all right, we're gonna give you blacks. Your trophies this time around <laughs> and your nominations. And we're going to give you the biggest uh, one of them all for a black movie that doesn't have to deal with slaves. <laughs> but we're going to fake take it away from you just to de- er, degrade you just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's see how the Oscars is doing. They're a little racist. It's all good. But uh, yeah, like you said, Price Waterhouse Cooper, uh, whatever that long accounting firm's name, you guys got to be put on punishment for really jacking things up. Like I said. The Oscars got started on the highest of notes because mm-hmm. JT came in there with his military buzz cut, got the crowd <laughs> rocking. Everybody was like, ah, I can't stop. I don't know the words of that song. <laughs> I was about to say something else. How song Feeling in my body. I can't stop the feeling. Everybody clapping. They're like, dang, you about to go to the biggest they party doing of the, the year. the overhead clap. Uh-huh. Not the just clapping in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> hey, everybody. I, I swear I saw everybody in the audience twirling. Twirling yeah. and doing the overhead clap. Or maybe that was just me. I don't know. It's in my head, what you just said. Not in my head, but what I heard you just say <laughs> is, saw Mahershala Ali Working. That's what came out of your mouth. I heard you. You little different. <laughs> That's hey, they that. may not. They may not let you go to that move that drive-in theater. <laughs> Some of the stuff you yeah. Saying. You tried to go in as yeah, soon as you pulled up no. in your uh, your 1960 they, Volkswagen. They, they had a force field over you. <laughs> you would something would beep and then your car would just Yikes. stop. They'll probably they put road flares. Double. They put road flares in the nah. police. Police spikes on the ground. Nah, nah, Playboy. Yeah, that's that's yeah. all right. They would. You think you about to go watch uh, Dog's Purpose, but really you about to go watch like a a Bible or something. <laughs> <laughs> about to go watch a Bible. <laughs> Bible the movie. Oh yeah, they you, should do you an watch ad- Passion of the Christ. They should do an adaptation of the Bible and just strictly straight from the book. That'd be boring. Throw that on the screen. The plot would be all over the place. <laughs> it would contradict itself so much. Ooh, man. But yeah, so Price Waterhouse Coovers, you guys are put on punishment for really having uh, the biggest fail in Oscar history. So congratulations to you. Self-destruct sequence activated. 
Go uh, sit in the corner and um, learn how to read envelopes. All right, so. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what happens next on here. I think we do the uh, old uh, DVD uh, Blu-ray segment. Oh, yeah. Just update. Looking on Amazon. Trying to find the right thing. I think I'm going with the $7 year next. <laughs> okay. I forgot I have that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have some other choices. You got the It Follows Other World. Uh, almost went with 10 Cloverfield Lane. But I wanted, because that's at $10, but I wanted under 10 So I went with, your, then it became between Your Next and Youth in Revolt. But another movie I have, but on DVD. <laughs> went with the Blu-ray DVD digital HD version of Your Next. All right. Now, Good choice. See a woman beat up a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. No. My friend at work told me she's terrified of that movie, by the way. <laughs> what did we say this segment is? Well, I don't know the name of it, but I know some of uh, the Blu-ray segment or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I don't know how far we got to go back, because if I'm not mistaken, the we- the last episode we did, you didn't have the internet back oh, then. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I, I literally don't even I can't even remember the what the last movie we talked about was. So it'll be the week before that. So we did Arrival. Oh yeah, we did that. All right, so man, so week of the February twenty first, Manchester by the Sea. Tough. I'll put except as a gift. It's a really good movie. You know, Casey sexual assault Affleck did a great job, and <laughs> I think Lucas Hedges did the best job in the movie. Dialogue was what made it entertaining. It's a depressing, slow movie. It's not something I would necess- I necessarily need to go out and get per se, but I definitely wouldn't mind having it. So I put except as a gift. All right, Bad Santa two. Awesome. I guess <coughs> I might rent. It was <laughs> funny at times, but. We just never can. We can never forget the fact that uh, what's her name? Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks picks awful roles in iffy movies. <laughs> All right, next we got Hacksaw Ridge. That's a tough. I kind of would put that as a must own because Andrew Garfield killed that role. Showed everybody he's a great actor. Like we should have already been new. And then but when the violence gets to popping off, it gets real violent. And then Andrew Garfield also plays a superhero in that movie. <laughs> so uh, I'll put that as a must-own. All right, last for the week of February 21st, you got Nocturnal Animals. That's a must-own, strictly off of Jake Gyllenhaal. Aaron Taylor and- Johnson. Huh? Okay. I thought yeah. you said strictly off of Aaron Taylor Johnson. Nah, I said Jake Gyllenhaal. Then I was going to say Amy Adams second. No. And, you know, Academy Award nominee Michael Shannon, not Aaron Taylor Johnson. And a one, Isla Fisher, who Amy Adams does say, like we all know, she gets mistaken for for Isla Fisher all the time. And the fact that it movie opens up on such a lovely note with a bunch of nude women shaking that thing. Very weird. Around. Very, very weird. And it's one of those artsy-fartsy movies that I like, so... 
Definitely gonna uh, definitely need that muscle on that. I was gonna have that movie, but Brianna said when she was about to buy it for me, it only had DVDs, and she know Nathan don't play that shenanigans. <laughs> All right, now we're at the week of February twenty eighth. We start off with Sundark, aka Moonlight. Uh, I, was like, I don't a, know what that's that, a punchline. I don't know what that Pokemon badge is. Uh, Moon, Moonlight, aka uh, weird stuff on a beach. That's what I call that movie. <laughs> uh, Moonlight, which Emma Stone referred to as one of the best movies of all time. If she said it, I agree, so I put it as my song, just off her strict feelings for it. Alright, next we got Allied. I don't ever want to see that movie again. <laughs> Thank you, Brad Pitt, for wasting two hours of my life. Two hours and four minutes, to be exact. Mm-hmm. And I felt every last minute of it. Alright, Finally, for that week, got Doctor Strange. Must own. We already know how I feel about that movie. Alright, and now for this week, we have... What is that? Ooh, Moana. That's a mind rent. If I need to watch that movie again, it will be on a somebody-wanted-to-rent-it basis. Did you see Man Down? Who in that? Charlotte Buff and Jai Courtney. Oh, yeah, that's a movie I wanted to see, but... That movie's at 11%. Yeah, for, uh, the trailer doesn't look 11%-ish, but they say it's pretty duty, so... Incarnate? Nope. And, okay, then finally, Jackie. That's a movie I would never want to watch again. Uh, <laughs> Natalie Portman, from what I saw while I was trying to attempt to watch it, did a great job, but... Ultimately, the fact that it's a very boring movie set in, and I fell asleep <laughs> on it. So, I'm, if I want to take a nap, I'll take it in sans Jackie being on the television screen. <laughs> well, that's the last of the heck of the Blu-rays. All right. So, what movie do you plan on seeing before next episode? Because I was so close to just wrapping the show up. Now that it seems like I'm back seeing movies and watching movies and stuff. I have the confidence to say I mean obviously it's Kong Skull Island but I'm thinking of something something to pair up with it like get your hamburger you put fries with it you don't just it's not like hamburger and some corn or something well nope it's just looking like Kong unless I finally see uh, Lego Batman no, yeah Lego Batman but Maybe I'll see the founder, something along the lines. Maybe get out. <laughs> oh yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. Speaking of, you remind me of that movie. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, but uh, myself, of course, I'm gonna you see gonna see it. the Shack probably. I mean, that is a high probability, just because I know my mom wants to see that movie. I personally would be fine with never watching it. It stars Sam Worthington. Sam. Uh, Courtney Worthington. Worthington. <laughs> That's the definition of that man. Like, like, did you, were, like, were you in a Suicide Squad? <laughs> but uh, me personally, of course, I'm gonna see Scott, uh, Kong Skull Island. But I think the next movie I'm gonna see will be a film by the name of Table Nineteen. If all goes well, I know. That movie got me wet. <laughs> it's, it's one of them Anna Kendrick. Take it or leave it, Kendrick. I'm going to throw this movie out. Maybe. Uh-huh. For some reason, it got a, a last-minute wide release. I yeah, personally ha- haven't watched a trailer for it. I just just read about it. I saw it. It got her in it. Got Phoebe. It got uh, somebody who I think has gotten really fat. 
Craig Robinson. Yeah, he yeah. has gained weight. That's that money weight. And I was watching uh, the last episode he was on on uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. He looked a little tubby, and it was kind of annoying, but whatever. But so it'll probably be that, or if the times don't work out right, then it'll be before I fall. So I don't know. One of those subpar looking movies. But anyways, this has been another long episode of Leo B. Gyllenhaal. It is your boy, Leo Archibald, a.k.a. O'Shea Bretton Nate. A.k.a. Nate Irving, a.k.a. Slim Nate, a.k.a. Slim Pickens, a.k.a. Robert Balmain Jr. Let me take off my Balmain jeans. I don't like how you say that, but. A.K.A. Nate Yawine. A.K.A. Rose. You're gross. Joaquin Penny's Worth. A.K.A. Pusher K, aka Kai Dollar Signs, aka Kanyanya Fix My Life and Zant. Terry Hightower, Chevy K, <laughs> Chorus Kojo, Kayanya, Taylor Joy, Brie Larceny, and Sweet Lady. Uh-huh. It's Kyrie Swanabee. Holding a note, secret admirer. Woo! I had to put my phone down because I'm going to drop it. That, that was awful. Was flames. That was awful. Johnny Storm. Dang, I just keep going and going and going. Energizer Bunny. Yuck. <laughs> Anywho, Franklin. Uh, Turtle. <laughs> Shell hey. Entourage <laughs> uh, I don't remember where it goes from there But um, Who sucks out here in these streets You know you got your Miles Tellers of the world Who almost played in La La Land Ugh, You got your Jai Courtney's of the world Who might be an avatar too you... <laughs> Something about that is just Exactly right <laughs> You got your Theo James is of the world Tough guy in Underworld You got your Alex Rose of the world A.K.A. the Star of Rings You almost had somebody from Before I Fall But (laughs) I don't know a lot of y'all's ladies' names And that male actor wasn't in it enough for him to get it But best believe he would have been a main character We almost got a lady in here That's embarrassing That's a bad job And you got the king the God MC. The All-Star Game Finesse. Uh, do we give him? Uh, do we give him? Of course okay, he got it. Sure, the three-peat. <laughs> <laughs> Ansel. 
So before we go, I just want to shout out. Uh, we are at two hours <laughs> and thirteen. I was going to say thirty. <laughs> I mean, I'm already bad enough. <laughs> Jesus. By the way, I'm sick. Christ. Shout out to Shades. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that uh, misty night and all my homies from Luke Cage. I'm not a fan of that actor that plays Shades. He He's, also played the bad guy and when the bow breaks. Yeah, he brought that down. <laughs> but the chick who played Missy Knight did a great job. Mm-hmm. I like the way the show ended off. We clearly know how it's going to get resolved in the Defenders Re- when really Blind Man. Really did like that fight scene. Yeah, that was whack. I liked, like you said, the little world star element they had added to it. Oh, yeah. But the show overall was dope. Sans the fact that I was... Tricked into believing that Mahershala was the main villain. <laughs> just to come to find out that he wasn't. And that's whatever. That's neither here nor there. Go on. The Great Musical, SoundCloud, Leo B. Gyllenhaal and iTunes. The Great Musical, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Tumblr. Get these episodes some listens or y'all gonna see a whole nother side of us you ain't seen before. You thought it was bad before. Yeah. Things will get worse <laughs> if I feel like I'm just talking to myself. Uh-huh. So check that out. But anyways, you we know have, we got We have like some sort of Facebook that is now down. Yeah, because we have. Because <laughs> Facebook being Facebook. I know it was a waste of my time making that, but. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. I, 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 I Popeye. <laughs> Okay, you know you gotta end this off with the yeah. (laughs)